Welcome back to Cocktails Classics. This week we're doing Donnie Darko. I'm Dylan. Joining me is Ben. And we're just two dads drinking and watching, talking about movies your dad has probably seen. And we're going full old man here. We both got our blankets on our lap. We're uh, <laughs> got a drink in hand. And we're about to give you our thoughts on Donnie Darko. Too hot for the heater. Um, too cold to be not wearing a blanket. <laughs> That's how Hannah, Hannah is like, it'll be like cold as shit in here. And then she has a blanket on. I'm like, you know, you could just turn off the AC and you won't need the blanket. She's like, but I want to be cozy. I'm like, all right. That's okay. All right. Well, our, our basement is always like at least 10 degrees colder than it is upstairs. Crazy how basements work like that. So yeah. when it gets, well, when it gets to be the summer and like I, I so we have a vent like right behind me in the winter time i will uh take the like the grate off and flip it and push it so that it's always open so that the heat's always coming out <laughs> and then in the summertime i take it off and flip it and close it so that the cold air isn't supposed to be coming through but when the air conditioning's running up here and it's already cold oh my god it's so bad if you're listening to this episode uh Time is running out. If you want to enter our giveaway to win one of five movie bundles featuring the Maltese Falcon, Rebel Without a Cause, and Cool Hand Luke, and digital 4K UHD, go enter right now. April 29th is the last day to enter before we draw the winner. So head over to our Instagram at Cocktails and Classics Pod and enter. Uh, again, that's the 29th of April. Uh, to kick things off and get everybody in the right mood, we're going to go to this week's cocktail, the Donnie Darko and Stormy. <laughs> oh, hey The real, real dad joke, dad puns. <laughs> oh, here, this is, oh. this is awful. Um, <laughs> Dark and Stormy is two ounces of, uh, I will say this, Dark and Stormy is one of those drinks that somebody owns the rights to, so this is why it is a very specific drink or a liquor um two ounces of gosling's black seal rum half ounce of lime juice uh ginger beer to top which is about five ounces and then you can garnish with a lime wheel serve that over ice in like a tall like a collins glass i like a dark and stormy it's kind of just like a moscow mule if i'm being honest i didn't i didn't know it was like name specific that you had to use a certain everything i'd read just always said dark rum the like the like dark and stormy is like goslings i think owns it it's kind of it's kind of like um oh god there's another cocktail that's like that is it the is it the moscow mule yeah i don't know or it's like somebody owns the like oh no it's i think it's the sazerac or it's like the, the who somebody owns it so it's like you have to use this exact thing for it to be considered uh, like so i i don't think a I don't think a um, like a bar can sell a dark and stormy without goslings in it. Hmm. Because huh. because if, if they do, then I think you get in trouble. But I'm sure. Huh. I'm sure bars. I'm do. sure they just call it something very similarly and just call it a knockoff, like a dim and stormy. <laughs> yeah, I. We were talking about this before we started recording. Um, something about ginger beer just it makes my throat like itch and close up so i don't know if it's an allergy thing or i tried googling it i don't, I don't know i don't know what it is um i'm not a doctor i haven't asked a doctor i just try to avoid ginger beer um, and things that have too much ginger in them so i i opted to avoid this one um just not my forte so you know if you don't like ginger beer and you want to watch this movie with something dark, just you know, I went with uh, I went with some some coffee. Actually, it was pretty much like an espresso martini, premixed espresso martini. I topped that with a little bit extra coffee because there wasn't a lot left in the bottle. Then I hit it with a little extra liquor. So very good. Feels like it fits. Very dark, gloomy. I like this movie. We'll get into it. You know, I love I love espresso and I love coffee, and I've never had an espresso martini. It's uh, I feel like it's having its day right now too, because everyone yeah, is like, "Ooh, big. espresso martinis," and I'm like, "Huh, 
I, I, I would try one. I just feel like it's not, I don't want to make it at home first. I feel like I would want it at a bar where they're like, make it good. Yeah, I, I've noticed that is one, the other one that I've noticed, and I know it's because um, of a, of a much more famous podcast than ours. <laughs> Being, um, I don't know if, if you listen to uh, Two Bears with Burt Kreischer and Tom Segura. <laughs> no, I don't. But it was a, it was a while ago I was listening and they were talking about, um, they kept saying like spritz and I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. And then when they described it, it's, it's literally like an Aperol spritz. And I'm like, Oh, I've been drinking those for so long. And now like, it's a big thing. And I'm like, man, I was ahead of the curve on this one, but now, now I can't talk about it. Or people are going to think I just hopped on the, on the spritz bandwagon. Oh no. Been in these, been in these streets. Aperol spritzes. I think it might be coming downhill now, but it was for a minute, like, top dog, I would say. They're so good. They're like the perfect summer drink. And I think that's why everyone likes them. Because it's, it's kind of like, um, I just feel like people typically don't like heavy drinks. It's the same with, like, well, stouts and stuff. Like, the heat. no one's, yeah, like, no one's like, you know what I want right now? A stout. Give me a stout. I feel like like people people most people will go for the lighter drink, which like the spritz is, you know, because there's not much alcohol in there. No champagne, a little bit of you know, uh, what is it's apérol? Is what is that an apéritif? Yeah, which is like I don't even think it's thirty percent. No, it's basically like having like a triple sec as the main liqueur in a. I mean, Jesus Christ, it's a step away from miners being able to buy it. Whoa. <laughs> I think that's they can buy I think you can buy bitters. That's just how non-alcoholic it is. It's not, like it's not giving not... advice on on how to drink underage. <laughs> but but if you wanted to go get bitters, you could make a cocktail with bitters. The Trinidad Sour. Uh <laughs> Don't cancel me. <laughs> oh, man. Dad chat. <laughs> Talking about how to drink underage. Uh, if you're listening to this in the future, children, do not drink underage. If you want to make yourself a dark and stormy, um, hit the show notes below. Uh, get the recipe. Hit up the casker links to get yourself some Gosling's dark rum or get any dark rum. But if you don't want to get sued, maybe maybe choose Godlings. And let us know at Cocktails and Classics Pod on Instagram. We want to hear what you think of the cocktail. Um, you can check out Donnie Darko as a recording on HBO Max. Because we're about to spoil it. And it has kind of like a little spoilery to it. Like, it, we, we might ruin the movie. So, check it out. Or check out the podcast. Hey, maybe you like spoilers. People do. Yeah, maybe you're, maybe are, you're Cameron are for it. and you and you watch Mojo. You watch Watch Mojo just uh, <laughs> to find out. Maybe, maybe maybe you start a podcast with your friends about movies that you haven't seen that we're gonna, that you're gonna watch, and then maybe you watch like the top ten twist endings of all time, and then you spoil movies <laughs> that we could record a podcast about. Who knows? You do you. Donnie Darko is a 2001 drama, mystery, sci-fi film. Currently sits at an 8 out of 10 on IMDb. Directed and written by Richard Kelly. It's the story of after narrowly escaping a bizarre accident, a troubled teenager is plagued by visions of a man in a large rabbit suit who manipulates him to commit a series of crimes. It stars Jake Gyllenhaal, Jenna Malone, Mary McDonald, Maggie Gyllenhaal. Maggie Gyllenhaal? Yeah. Patrick Swayze. The Gyllenhaals. Both Gyllenhaals. Beth Grant, who looks so familiar to me. The um, I went through her IMDb and I was like, I don't recognize anything she's done, but she looks so goddamn familiar. And, and I don't, I don't know, know from what. I, I, I know. I'm the same way. Uh, Drew Barrymore is in there. Seth Rogen. Who is the one teacher? Is is he anybody? The The other... Like the science, science teacher? teacher, yeah. I I didn't recognize him. 
um, Ashley Tisdale is in there for a second, along with uh, Jerry Jerry Trainer. Jerry Trainer from iCarly fame. Hot, hot minute. Uh, he was also what was his name? Crazy Steve or something? Oh yeah, Drake and Josh. And Drake and Josh. Basically, uh, put in a lot of Nickelodeon shows by the the feet guy. The feet guy. That's what um, I'm just gonna refer to him as. <laughs> also, uh, the girl who plays Samantha, the youngest Darko child, uh, Davy Chase. She was the voice of Chicharo in Spirited Away. She was also the girl in the well in the ring. Oh, Samara. I see she's also Lilo in Lilo and Stitch. Yeah. How crazy that, like, the <laughs> the voice of such a beloved children's character is, is also, also the like girl who the most terrifying. Like, creepily <laughs> crawls out of a well and tells people they're going to die in seven days. <laughs> like one of the most terrifying uh, things from our childhood, yeah. but also, I think it was like the same year. Didn't the ring come out in 2002? Uh, I think it was 03. No, 2002. Same year as she did Lilo and Stitch. Was it 2002? Wow. Yeah, the ring. I had seen this film. Had you? No. No, this is one I feel like I've I've suggested before, and every time I feel like I've mentioned it, it's just kind of been like, eh, no, that's, that's fine. And then you suggested this week, I was like, oh, all right, we're, we're going to do it. We're going to pull the trigger. Yeah, this is, okay, I mean this in the most non-offensive way. This is one of those movies that, like, film bros, like, love. Um, I would say, like... I was, I was <laughs> going to say this, after watching this movie, it seems like a movie that, like, somebody who's 18 or 19 thinks is, they are super deep because they love it. So I put this in the category, which, uh, don't get me wrong, thoroughly enjoy this movie, really like it. Uh, so like these other movies I'm about to list, but <laughs> th- I put this in the category of like Fight Club, Inception, uh, I'm trying to think, Shutter Island, um, The Joker I feel like is going to get there eventually, of like these like, oh, I like, I'm so like... I'm so quirky and weird because I like these movies or, you know, I don't know. Like, I'm so deep and also kind of edgy because I love these. Darker. And I get it. I get, I get the characters in these movies. Like, I, I associate with them. And it's hopefully like, you don't, it, hopefully you don't with you most shouldn't. of them. <laughs> you shouldn't. And it's not a cool, it's not cool to think like it's cool that you do. Like, that's not cool. It just makes you sound sad when you're an adult, but it's something that like an 18 year old like bases their their personality on trying to be like one of these characters. And it's like it. Ugh, it's just weird. I'd be. Let me see. Does somebody have a letterbox list of movie posters you would find in a college dorm? Because this Scarface. This better be on there. Is that a list we need to start? Uh, I've. Oh, here we go. <laughs> there is one. The the college the college dorm poster project, or should I do uh, the cliched posters that hang in a college dorm? Cliched posters for sure. Okay. Um. So what movies did I list? Uh, Fight Club. Oh, you said Fight Club. Okay. Yep, that's on the list. Oh, Dylan, you're wrong. The Dark Knight, not Joker. Just hasn't gotten there yet. You you just it's wait. It's just it's too new. It's too new. But there are again the people who are like, I associate with Heath Ledger's Joker, and <laughs> I'm edgy and cool. It's like, they just want to watch the world burn, you know. All right, so so uh, I I agree with part of this list. Uh, we got Pulp Fiction, The Dark Knight, Boondock Saints, Casablanca, Donnie Darko. La La Land, Reservoir Dogs, I, The Thing, Fight Club, but then it gets into like a, cl- uh, a Clockwork Orange, but then it's like Avengers, Infinity War, High School Musical, Logan, and then Star Wars. I guess if you're thinking about like, take with a grain of salt, we started college a decade ago plus. Mm-hmm. So like no one had Avengers Infinity War stuff because it didn't exist. Um Oh no. This one this other list got me. I did have a train spotting I... poster in our dorm. 
I will say there was one on there that you listed that I don't remember ever seeing in a dorm room. I don't think I ever saw, like, cliche, like, Casablanca I don't remember seeing is, like, a big... No. I'm, sh- I'm sure Hitchcock's the uh, one? dorm room was like that. Oh, well, I mean, come on. Uh, what's the other... There was one that you said right before Casablanca that I don't remember. Uh, Boondock Saints? I think by the time... So I think Boondock Saints hits that pre-us. Because I don't know a lot of people... I don't know a lot of people our age who are really into the Boondock Saints. But my brother was super into it. And I know other people his age were super into it. This other one has a lot more movies. But uh, Scarface, Rocky... Uh, Godfather, Matrix, V for Vendetta, The Big Lebowski. <laughs> I just remember being stopped. Okay, story story time. I don't remember if we'd been... I'm pretty sure we had been drinking. We were walking back from... I want to say Jimmy John's? Maybe we weren't <laughs> drinking. Maybe we were just sober and fucking with this guy. This guy stopped us and was trying to get us, like, to join this political rally he was trying to throw. <laughs> and, and all of a sudden, Patrick just starts talking about, like, yeah, man, we'll get some Guy Fox masks. masks. You know, the 5th of November is coming up. And this dude just got so into it and kept trying to, like, get us to go to this thing that he just decided to throw. Oh it my was God. the weirdest thing. To the point where, like, this dude fully believed that we were going to show up at this whatever freaking place it was. Oh, God. <laughs> it's like, what? what? Can we just leave? This dude's fucking... Cre- this dude's edgy and creepy, and I don't like it. All that to say, I do like this movie. I just feel like it. it is um, not necessarily stereotyped, but it falls in a category. That sometimes rubs me the wrong way. I could see that, and I would agree with you. Um, I think... I, And it it's, happens for a lot of things, right? I always think there's, with most things, a very vocal, minor, or very vocal minority of a fandom that make it cringy or, like, hard to enjoy for other people who enjoy it. Yeah, like you get the people who I'll be are honest. Like... I'll be honest. Huge, huge Batman fan here, right? Mm-hmm. There are people with the like the Dark Knight that I'm just like I I enjoyed it. Didn't think it was God's gift to to cinema, and there are people who act like it that make me just dislike it. Like I'm like at this point now, you guys have made me dislike this movie more like than actually whether or not I, I would sit down and watch it and be like, that was really good, or that was really bad. In my mind, it has a stigma around it now because there's people who, and let's be honest, most of them probably didn't read a comic book until after the movie came out, but watched the movie and were like, oh man, this is exactly what Batman is, and this is how everyone should view X, Y, and Z characters. It's like, no, there's... 80 years worth of stuff that you can base your opinion on and you've ruined it. You've ruined the movie. Congratulations. You edgelord motherfuckers. So I, I don't remember when I saw this, I either saw it in high school or like early college, like knowing about the movie. And, and so it's like when I, I seeked out, like I didn't just like chance upon it. So I'm kind of interested to hear your thoughts first, Ben, of, like, what you thought of the movie. So, I'm kind of proud of myself, because I've known about this movie for a really long time. And by know about, I mean, I know Jake Gyllenhaal and, you know, the name of the movie, and that, like, it was a big kind of, like, indie, because it was, like, more of an indie film, and it's something about a fucking rabbit. Like, I've heard of the movie, I've seen, like, pictures and that, but... I've done a good job of staying away from knowing almost anything else about it. Um, So I somehow managed to go into this almost blind. I'm still confused, I guess. (laughs) Like, I have a theory, but I don't know if it's, like, what's actually happening. I, 
I don't know that the guy who wrote it really knows what's going on. I think he kind of left it in like an open-ended where I did see. So they made a sequel to it, but the original writer-director was not involved. The sequel is awful. But now he is involved in working on a sequel. So I'm guessing they're just going to like, you know, they're going to. Retcon. What? Yeah, what is it? They're gonna what? What franchise just hit? They're gonna Halloween this bitch. We're like, whatever just happened doesn't count. None of it actually happened. So we're just going back to like part three. We're gonna pick up from there. Um, none of what you saw was real, and we're just gonna pretend it doesn't exist. Uh, I think Scream did the same thing, if I'm not mistaken. One yeah, I haven't. Recent. I haven't seen the newest one. I'd be interested. To... I I haven't either. I want to check it out, but. Anywho, a lot of those, a lot of movies that are coming out now that are like retconning and just kind of picking and choosing what they want to to believe. But anywho, I digress. I watched this movie and I knew about the whole Frank thing. I didn't realize that there were actually you ever saw a real guy's face. I thought the whole creepy rabbit thing was just like, that's just what he looked like. He's some sort of creepy rabbit. I definitely thought it was going to be more... I I didn't expect as much sci-fi, I guess. I expected a lot more, like, psychological thriller slash just kind of eeriness to the entire movie, which it was. I mean, it was kind of creepy. I guess I was expecting more, like, split personality type breakdown. Um, yeah. You know, where, like, yeah, Frank is the imaginary friend. And... and I mean, at no point was there really, like, the shock of, like, oh, he's surprised, it's him. You know, I didn't really also expect, like, there was no point where I thought, like, oh, this is going to be kind of a mystery. Would have been cool, though. How cool would have been if the whole time Donnie's dealing with this, he's not actually the one who's doing any of it? Like, it's one of those things where, like, he thinks he is, but it's really Seth Rogen and the other kid. No, I can't. <sighs> How good of a movie would that have been? How many people listen to this podcast? I need to know because if I write this movie, I want them to not know what's going on. I don't want this to be linked back. So listeners out there, keep this hush-hush if this movie ever ever gets made. Um, but, yeah, I did not expect the whole like sci-fi time portal. I didn't think it was going to end up being real. Is it then real, is it though? When- I don't know. I guess that's let's, that's let's the, dive into that. That's the big question. I think was it real? Was it was it that it was all just like make? But and if I guess my thing is, if it's make believe, whose make believe was it? Well, Donnie's supposedly like schizophrenic. I think right. Yeah, but okay. So let's say the events of the movie into the ending. Donnie's not alive. Major spoiler alert, Donnie fucking died. Well, I mean, that could just be, like, one of the realities that he, you know, is, like, seeing in this, like, schizophrenia. I don't know. I'm I'm kind of a firm believer in the, like, straightforward sense of, like, of, so the plot of the movie is, like, uh, a plane, like a turbine falls from the sky from a mysterious plane that we don't know into Donnie's bedroom, but he's not in the bedroom and he avoids this fate. And that leads to a wormhole happening. Uh, and he meets Frank, this man in a bunny costume who, um, tells him when the world is going to end. And then Dan, uh, Donnie kind of like goes through this rabbit hole of, uh, finding out about worm. (laughs) finding out about like wormholes and like that there's time travel and that like he also sees those weird tubes that come out of people that part really doesn't make sense to me um it but seemed like a ass like he was tripping yeah like, i think they like to me it was like how do we explain that this kid is like taking stuff for his schizophrenia and it messes with him and like i feel like that's yeah, I, I will say there it is very well layered in terms of like what actually is happening and like what it's the idea of the untrustworthy narrator, right? Yeah. Now, 
I think, and maybe it's just because it's the hot thing right now. Uh, it's the whole multiverse type thing. So maybe that's what he's seeing in the portal. Is like, you know, maybe it's instead of the future. Or it, it could still be the future, but it's like an alternate timeline. I, I don't know. I don't know. Um, but some of it, so much of it kind of just like circles around where like, you know, uh, Frank is actually Maggie Gyllenhaal's like boyfriend that he shoots in the face at the end of the movie, which like makes sense now why his eyes all screwed up. I, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what the end was supposed to mean. If there's actually supposed to be some sort of wormhole, if it's like a time loop, if it's an alternate dimension, an alternate timeline, if it's just the ramblings of a madman. I, I do think that it was kind of cool. Some of the, I liked some of like the illusion stuff that they went to with like, um, like the short story they read kind of alluding to like the burning the house down and Oh yeah. Why did they do it? Yada, yada, yada. Then that's kind of what Donnie does. Yeah. Um, well, and then there's the, um, the thing that they read in the health class and it's like, Oh, he finds the guy's wallet and he returns it to him without any money in it. And he finds Jim Calhoun's wallet. There's a lot of, there is a lot of like foreshadowing and like symbolism. Like I was reading, I was reading something and I was talking about like all the, like all the different like rabbit symbolism and stuff. Like uh, at one point there's like a Volkswagen rabbit that drives by. There's um, oh the echo and the bunny men song, which tie back to last week, uh, our episode on the lost boys. There was a echo and bunny men cover of the doors. And then we get, killing moon in this uh this movie but i think it's straightforward in my in my viewpoint i think it is in in my opinion i i feel like it's donnie realizes because they kind of discussed this at one point that like oh i can't think of the exact quote but it's basically like if time travel does exist or like if all of these alternate universes exist like would you go back in time to like fix people's or like say like make somebody happy i forget what the exact line is and i think it's part of that thought process where like the ending is donnie figures out how to do the time travel or these wormholes and goes back and dies to fix everything that's what i kind of took it to mean it's like he lives through this and it's like the end i guess the end of the world more so is really just the, the end, end of his, his world. Yeah. His world. And at the time he, that, that's why I feel like too, you kind of see him like staring off towards the wormhole. It's really bright. It's really for the first time in the movie. I think once he's kind of made the decision that that's what he's going to do, everything's a little bit brighter and you know, the palette is a little bit lighter and he kind of makes that decision to like, I guess, he makes the decision to sacrifice himself to save his mom, his sister, his girlfriend, all of these, all of these people. I guess the bad thing though, is that Patrick Swayze's character still gets away with being a scumbag in this new universe. Yeah. Well, maybe he's not a pedophile in that one. Who knows? We'll see. the whole thing about that did not make sense to me. What, that, like, when he burned it down, they discovered all this other stuff? No, no. Oh. The whole, like, fear, love, weird cult thing that all of a sudden we're allowed to go ahead and preach about in schools. But, like, I I don't know. Just, that was weird to me. It felt like the writer slash director making a comment on something, but just trying to loop it in with the rest of it and it should have been its own separate thing i feel like i don't know i feel like just everything leans that like to the straightforward answer because even after like you know at the end like gretchen doesn't know him i don't yeah i don't know i don't know i think uh i will say um 
Is this like one of Jake Gyllenhaal's first movies that he did? Or um, let me see. I've got his. I mean, I'm on IMDb. I can pull up his credits here. I don't think it was the first one because I feel like October Sky would have came out before this one. Yes, it did. So his first movie was City Slickers in 91. And it looks like a lot of smaller stuff, um, mostly kind of TV type work. Um, And then October Sky in 99, this movie in 2001, Bubble Boy in 2001. And then his (laughs) career kind of started to take off from there. Uh, yeah, I could see, I could see how, like, this movie would, uh, you know, set, set him off, uh, and, like, October Sky, because, uh, I don't know, he's, like, he just seems very young in this, and, like, kind of kills it, in my opinion. I think, I think, uh, Jake Gyllenhaal's performance really carries the movie. I mean, obviously, because it's pretty much just about him. Like, I feel like there's all these other characters, but... Uh, it kind of just like centers, like he's the center of the universe in the story, so to say. Like other people yeah, are introduced, th- but he is like he is the thing that everyone revolves around. Because you don't, no one else is like. There's another. There's never another scene where he's not in it. I'm pretty sure, if I remember correctly. I don't, I'm, I think there are like a couple that are, but not a lot. Not a lot. Um. What's so interesting to me that I think makes Jake Gyllenhaal such an interesting and, like, talented actor is, like, the way he, like, in this movie, um, so in this movie, he, he doesn't really blink when he's in, like, his weird, like, psychosis. Like, he's very, like, always eyes open, not really blinking a lot. And then... It's so crazy that like 20 years later when he did does prisoners he makes a note to make sure like he's blinking more than normal more than normal like I feel like that's something most people actors non-actors don't even think about he's just like man I feel like the use of how much or how little I blink will say so much about the character and it does it's noticeable it's something you you actually do pick up on but I would never think about it when making a decision about how to play a character. Like, that's just insane that that's something he was thinking about. Uh, Even at this point where, I mean, he's 21 when this movie comes out. So he's probably 20 when he's filming it. Yeah. His parents are famous, right? Um, are they? Yeah. His dad, his dad was a director. Ah, yes, Stephen Yellenhall. And his mother was a producer and screenwriter, so that checks out. I was going to I was going to say I'm pretty sure I'm sure, sure there's some nepotism there. Usually when like your got... whole family is actors, it's Yeah. Yeah, that tends to be the case. Besides like the Phoenix family, I'm pretty sure they're not like Joaquin and River. I don't know. But yeah, I mean, that's like the Skarsgård. Like, there's a million of those, and they're all actors. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I guess now, like, maybe, like, the Hemsworths would be in that same vein, where they're, like, not from famous parents, but then it was, like, one of them got famous, and then... From, and then the others, they're like, oh, God, there's more. It was like, bring them oh, in. wait, there's more. There's more. <laughs> what if we wanted one of them, but we couldn't afford him? He's got a brother. I feel like the the nepotism is going away slightly. Maybe not. I don't know. It's still kind of prevalent. I think it. I think nepotism is a lot more now in influencers and like social media. Yeah, there's like what's her nepotism name? Nepotism with Haley Bieber. Actors and her. What's the one? The is it Kaya Gerber? Isn't her mom like super famous? Her mom, like, another supermodel? Hmm. I thought you were going to say her family owns Gerber. <laughs> no, I think... Well, maybe her, on her dad's side, maybe <laughs> her mom married a... It's like, uh, what's his a face? Rich, a rich person. Army Army Hammer. Know. Yeah, her mom is literally... Yeah, her mom is Cindy Crawford. Ah, uh, okay, yeah. 
I, I did see this uh this movie made uh, empires it made number two on empires 50 greatest independent films yeah yeah i saw that too which um is pretty crazy uh because this dude richard kelly like literally did nothing else besides this pretty much i know he did like southland's tales but other than that i'm he's kind of just been chilling yeah i i was kind of shocked to see that he hadn't really done much else besides this um i want to look at that list though and see i'm, I'm curious to I, see I got what it, other i got it pulled up um number one is reservoir dogs donnie darko the terminator clerks life of brian night of the living dead sex lives and videotape the usual the usual suspects sideways mean streets that's the top 10 huh uh i mean this list is fucking see this list is bussin though let me tell you this one i feel like they definitely update this list every however often because this one i'm looking at now has it listed differently but yeah it is a pretty uh insane fucking list i will say this movie is just it is one of those ones that it seems like they leave it vague and confusing so that people will continuously talk about it and <laughs> i hate it you, you hate, i hate when movies you hate open endings. i hate when movies do that just give me an ending tell me you you are the creator you are the storyteller what is your or you know what even if you don't but like i guess maybe i need to do my research and see if he ever did what was it ever really did richard kelly ever really come out and say like what the ending is or was um i'm not sure like, i know him. they did a i know they did a director's cut because that's the thing right like i i can yeah cool i can make up whatever my what do i think it was you know what is the picture of jack nicholson on the wall in the shining what does it mean at the end was he always there is he is he always been the bad guy? It's like no. Someone someone put their effort into telling the story. Finish the fucking story. I think one of the things that makes this movie unique is like you know, I'm I'm reading this uh Mashable, somebody wrote an article basically about like why this movie fits uh like finally fits for our times. But I think they like you know, I'm I'm reading and I'm like, you know what? I do think like the nihilism within this film is one of those things that just kind of like stuck with people. Like it's not like this sugar coated kind of Hollywood film. It's kind of like life kind of sucks. Um, I just watched uh, Welcome to the Dollhouse, which is this uh, indie film from like '95. Also went to Sundance and won, but it's basically like similar idea of like it's like a middle schooler and she's like bullied uh and her parents don't like her and she wants to like she wants to you know get back and like stop being bullied by like dating this person who's like the lead singer of like their garage band or whatever and that movie and this movie kind of stick with me in that way of like the scenes that they show of like high school or like kind of realistic and like there's like bullies and like it has this kind of like depressing look on life and that's like sometimes how life is you know like it's not always like a hollywood film you know it's not <laughs> like and I, and I think that's why you know same with like some of these other movies that we talked about that were like you know the the dorm room poster and the the film bros there was like same with fight clubs very nihilistic film same with the dark knight it's like oh like I don't care about the money. I'm just going to burn it. You know, like it's this like idea of like, I don't know, like it, it kind of like shows like more realism in the sense, even though this is a sci-fi film, like uh, you get that like sense of like, Hey, like, you know, I can see some of the things that I think or I go through in life in in this movie. I think uh, this movie does a good job too of like the the family dynamic isn't like this perfect 
you know, they're, I, I think they do a good job of kind of like showing the typical family. They're not, they're not the Brady's, but they're also not like over the top. Sometimes when they try to make families and movies seem real, they go too far and it doesn't play well in a movie. Like, I feel like this did a good job of kind of finding that balance. We'll say it was kind of weird at the end when after Donnie dies that his mom's like not crying. She's just like standing there smoking a cigarette. Yeah, I thought that was like weird the, too. Like Maggie Gyllenhaal's character is like sitting there like literally like standing there looking dumbfounded and crying. The The dad and the little sister are like crying and the mom's just like standing there like against the tree smoking a cigarette. But the mom was kind of the one that fought with him the most, so maybe it's kind of like a like a good riddance kind of thing. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Also, it was weird to me. So, Donnie seemed like the kid who wasn't really involved with much at the school. Yeah. Just from a personal point of view. Who thought it was a good idea as a punishment to suspend him from after-school activities that he's not involved in? <laughs> what a punishment. I feel like that's one where, like, the principal was like, you know what, in all honesty, the kid's probably right, but I have to appease this teacher, so, like, we'll give him something. <laughs> so let's give him the, the most non-punishment punishment. Yeah. But yeah, I also think this was, like, a big... I don't know. I feel like they were trying to make a lot of points about a lot of things. Like the whole thing of like private school education where it's just like <laughs> we can teach. How do we say we're teaching religion without teaching religion? And then it's like, well, let's make it this cult thing about fear and love and where on the line you fall. It's like, all right, this is. Also, then she was like the gym teacher. Uh, I think it was like health. Okay. Because I remember someone saying, you remember the gym teacher. Mm. Okay. So she's like, because on the whiteboard, it, it, sworn... on the whiteboard at, one, at one point, it does say like health. So maybe it's just like a gym and health kind of thing. Because those are usually oh, grouped together. Physical education. My, yes. My bad. I always love reading like uh, movie articles or like like kind of like thought pieces or where they like dive into it i mean i kind of i kind of agree i guess on this but like those rolling stone articles talking about donnie darko i was like by now watching donnie darko is like a rite of passage for young people everywhere it's up there with discovering bands like radiohead or rappers like odd future as formative adolescent experiences it offers a vessel for a specific kind of teenage anxiety this is what I said. Uh, for millennials and more urgently for Gen Z, there's a keen awareness that the world might end at a moment's notice. That there's something deeply unstable about the prevailing status quo. The generation born into a fraught promise of social mobility can find some element of the movie to graft their own feelings onto. I'm grateful that it's connected with a younger generation, Kelly says. I, like, yeah, it's good that the movie's found continues to find an audience, but also just... Uh... I don't know that it's a movie you want like connect. I don't know that it's a movie you want people connecting with. Yeah, I mean that's like that's like Joker. <laughs> what we were talking about yeah. earlier. It's like it's like you don't want to you don't want to be the main character. He's not a good guy. Same with Donnie. Donnie's not a good good guy. Like he burns somebody's house down. No, he's like he burns two people's house down. Oh, true. He did get in trouble. He does earlier. it twice. Yeah, he he does a lot of shit that's like people should not view this as as a good person. <laughs> yeah, it's clear that he has some some demons, some issues, but not really an excuse for arson and destruction of property. Um all right, here you go, Ben. Here's your probably vague uh explanation from richard kelly still what the hell is donnie darko about 
He says, I look at the events in the film as a story of divine and supernatural intervention, where a select group of characters happen to be living in the proximity of this science fiction event. Okay, got it. That is much clearer. But does Donnie Darko really die at the end? He said, I don't want to spoil too much, but there's a lot more to this story if you look at it both through a prism of science fiction and the logical reaction to the events presented. That is not to take away any interpretation that people have of the film, which I think is valid, because the way it's engineered, you can have any interpretation you want of the first 90% of the movie. He says, yep, totally. So where is Donnie? In my mind, the filmmaker replies, the last 10% of the movie is the reality of what carries forward, but there's plenty more to discuss. So... Is this man now a politician? Because that was the most (laughs) words I've ever heard to not answer a fucking question. I mean, the dude wrote this movie when he was, like, 21, so, like, I'm sure he was like, this shit's gonna yeah, fucking rock. But guess and, what? You wrote the fucking movie. So just tell me what the ending is. Tell me. Or when you make this goddamn sequel, it, 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 better, it better explain it. Man, really, the last 10% of this movie is just fucking batshit. When they leave the party... To go to like Grandma Death's house or whatever, and then the fucking uh, the two kids are there like robbing her house, and fucking the girl gets ran over by the car, and then Frank is shot in the face, and then like you're I, honestly the last ten percent of the movie is just like a what the fuck is going on? I think the what the fuck is going on starts when uh, what's oh god. I'm so bad at remembering names. It's so it's it's a problem. Which which character? When you're watching a when you're watching a movie and you're like, I should really remember who this is. Gretchen. Okay, it it is it is Gretchen. I was gonna say Gretchen, and I'm like, I'm gonna say this and be wrong, and I don't want to sound like an idiot. When Gretchen shows up at the house party, it's like my mom ran. My mom's gone. Yeah, and then they like. And then it's just like, so up. let's bang it out. Like <laughs> what? That's that's the response to this? Not a good look, my man. Not a good look. I mean, I think she's also kind of odd. Like, I think oh, she she's also yeah. got something going on. And yeah, I mean, maybe it's I, just that her life has been rough, but like... I was going to say, it's probably the fact that she's gone through a shit ton of trauma in her life, but... Like, her and... Her and Donnie's relationship, like, they're literally just, like, talked for, like, a few minutes, and then they're like, yo, you want to go steady? Sure. Walks away. Okay. All right. What? <laughs> don't, I don't, I don't kiss me. I want it to be, like, a special moment. And then it was, like, uh, like, at the school, what, after she, like, got made fun of for her dad stabbing her mom. It's like, what the, what? <laughs> I thought it was weird that they never exchanged phone numbers, which, like, for early 2000s, like, that's that's how you kept in touch. Well, the movie the movie's set in the 80s. Because it's, like, Reagan and Dukakis. Oh, that's true. It's Bush and Dukakis. Or, sorry, Bush and Dukakis, my bad. Yeah, I for, forget and, about that. The fact that they're running, so it would be, yeah. Okay, cause all the Because all the music is, like, the 80s as well, with, like, Echo and the Bunny yeah. Men, Tears for Fears, uh, Duran Duran, um, Joy Division. Even then, why did you not get that person's phone number? Well, yeah, you don't have to have it. They, you know, they just moved. They're not. They're not in the phone book, Dylan. The phone book doesn't just magically update every time someone new moves in. <laughs> There's no internet. You can't just Google their phone number. Uh, the other, the other thing that's weird to me is the scenes where, like Donnie does does these things, um, and maybe that's part of his like mental instability that he has. Like, like with when Jim Calhoun comes to the school and is like doing his thing, and then he stands up and like gets on the mic and just starts to go off and then like everyone's like yeah like i'm, I'm like is, did that really happen is he imagining things or like it seems like one of those where like someone posts on reddit and then everybody cheered 
Um, the other one is like in that in that health class when he like he's like I, I just don't get I don't get the point of this thing. Everything is not love and hate or love and fear. It's you know I'm like I don't know. It's it, it is an odd film to watch. It, yes, very much so. It, it it is kind of odd in that sense. Okay. Did you notice the kid that stands up and talks about like being bullied is the same kid that was in the video earlier that they showed in the health class? <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm like, is this kid a, is this kid straight up a plant in the audience? <laughs> That's what I would say. <laughs> I think it was. Oh my god. What if what if they all were? What if Ashley Tisdale was also a plant? I mean, no, if I had to guess, it was probably more so that like the budget was low and it was like we need a kid and he's already here so just keep him and change his outfit and we'll have him do this but it also wouldn't the fact that the character is supposed to be kind of sleazy kind of checks out that that would happen that like he would be like hey you're gonna be in the school and we're gonna make this look so i look really good i did read in the trivia section too that Patrick Swayze's clothes were all his own that he he had from the 1980s. I saw that at one. I forget where I saw that, but I did read that. Did you read that's the number? Dope. Did you read the first trivia thing? That's like at the rap party. About, Seth Rogen and Jake Gyllenhaal <laughs> said they didn't know what the movie was about. I made me feel better about being kind of confused about what was going on. Although let's be honest, even then Seth Rogen was probably stoned out of his mind. <laughs> <laughs> I can't do his laugh. Do a good it, Seth it's Rogen. it's awful. You don't have to. You don't have to do it. I feel like I need to learn it. <laughs> it's when uh, so Hannah and I were like, oh my god, I can't wait till Isla laughs. You know, like it's gonna be so cute. And I'm like, what if she just has the stupidest laugh? Like if, if my child has Seth Rogen's laugh, it's gonna be. It would be awful. <laughs> wow. Okay. This is interesting. So, well out of his teens, Vince Vaughn reportedly turned down the part of Donnie due to his age. Mark Wahlberg was interested, but apparently was only willing to play the part with a lisp. <laughs> what? What? Um, Jason Schwartzman was also strongly considered, but dropped out due to scheduling conflicts. That would have been Tim interesting. Robbins was the first choice for the role of Eddie the dad and Mara Wilson who was uh, Matilda was considered for the role of Samantha but she turned it down hmm Ben hadn't seen this movie and I had so you'll get a fresh rating from Ben and a nostalgia updated rating from me so Ben let's hear it what what did you think alright my wife said quote uh this seems like a movie that hipsters love. Um, not going to argue with her. She watched five minutes of the movie. She's not wrong. <laughs> um, that being said, it's a good movie. Um, I I didn't love it. Uh, it wasn't what I was expecting going into it. Um, again, I'm proud of myself after... 22 years of this movie being out and the fact that I I knew it was like the big one of those big kind of like cult classic movies that I knew very little to nothing about it going into it that said I don't like when movies do the thing where they leave things ambiguous and confusing and sometimes it seems like they do it for the sake of doing it it's just not my thing. I like things to be wrapped up or I'm the type of person that likes to look for the, you know, sometimes when things are left open and that's it. Sometimes when they wrap things up, you get to rewatch it. And when you rewatch it, you pick up on things that you're like, Oh, I never noticed that. But yeah. it completely makes sense to what the ending is. I want this movie to be that so much more than, <laughs> than this shit of like, well, is he dead? Oh, I don't know. Everyone's interpretation is right. No, no. It's dark. It's it's it is a creepy movie. Uh, I will say it's not like 
this isn't a movie I feel like you just kind of pop on to, to have a good time. This is a sit-down, kind of think-type movie. Oh, man. I'm really torn between two. Like, I'm going to go six and a half. I'm between a six and a seven. I'm going to give it a six and a half. Uh, Jake Gyllenhaal is in- incredibly talented. Um, the fact that he did this at the age of... I just read something. Uh, 19 when they filmed this. Dang. F- fuck you for being that talented, all right? <laughs> All right, fuck you. Um, he's really good. He he's really good. I, all of the cast is good in this. I, there was never really a moment where I was watching this movie. I think outside of outside of Seth Rogen, which had nothing to do with Seth Rogen's acting, and more to do with the holy shit is that oh, Seth shit. Rogen? It's Seth Rogen of it. I think it's the fact that he went from like background character to now of really i think the cast of this movie is probably what like maybe the second or third most famous one of the cast yeah i think you talk jake gyllenhaal maybe maggie gyllenhaal patrick Swayze. yeah i guess i would agree with that but my thing is is that in terms of today if you were to ask like a teenager today now that Patrick Swayze's been gone for almost a maybe more than a decade were we in college when he died or were we in high school uh, I'm not sure I want to say he died right around 2012 that seems right so yeah I mean if you were to ask like younger people younger than us they might not have any idea who Patrick Swayze is. Also, it just popped into my mind. What a crazy coincidence. Did you know they're making a new Roadhouse movie? No. They're rebooting it. Rebooting? Do you know who's playing the part of Patrick Swayze's character? Jake Gyllenhaal? You're damn right. Wow. I've what never seen a the original small Roadhouse. world we live in next week i love roadhouse <laughs> i freaking love that movie um anywho i digress yeah i think seth rogan being okay then you could argue <laughs> between two and four <laughs> again i think he's super recognizable and you just at the fact that even at that point i don't even know if he'd he'd maybe done freaks and geeks um just kind of took me out of it but otherwise everyone was really good there was no point where i was just like eh, this person's not not really locked in um i just subjectively it wasn't for me that said uh if if you're into movies like that that are kind of open-ended and um you've probably watched it if you came back and or not came back, but if you've listened to the podcast and listened to us talk about all the spoilers, you've probably already seen it. Um, if not, give it a watch. See if it's something you enjoy. I don't know. Um, like I said, I, 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 I'm I, not sitting here saying I regretted watching it. It's just not a movie I think I need to watch again in the near future. Going in, I thought very highly of this movie. Um, probably have it at like... I'd probably say like a 9 out of 10. I think I saw it like high school, early college, like I said earlier, and I have not seen it since then. Um, I will say, upon rewatching it, not necessarily fell back in love, but like remembered how good this movie was. I'm going to leave it at a 9 out of 10. I do really enjoy this film a lot, um, even after calling it the film bro movie. You know, sometimes I can be a film bro. I I like all the movies I would describe those people liking. So I think, therefore, I am, uh, as they say. A film bro. <laughs> I think uh, a film bro said that. I think he quoted that. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. Like, once again, like, you know, we've done other movies on this podcast. We did House you know we did heathers like i like weird shit so the fact that like this movie it is just like a 
not necessarily a mess, but like it's like an organized mess. It's nihilistic. Jake Gyllenhaal kills it, and and the soundtrack is bussin'. Uh, I like a lot of uh, '80s new wave music, post punk. So the soundtrack keeps me entertained. The movie keeps me entertained. Um, I would recommend this one. Um, and I think it's one of those ones that after you watch it, you're going to sit back and you're going to be like, damn, that movie was, uh, was something right. And you're going to sit and you're going to think about it. And, and that's the thing that I want from a movie. I want something where I'm going to sit back, think about what I just watched for the next 30 plus minutes. And then, I'm going to be like, damn, maybe I should watch that again. Let, let me get a second viewing so I understand that more. And that's why I, I do like the open ending bin. Sometimes it's cheap, though. I will say sometimes it's cheap. Look, look, I'm not saying it's right or wrong. I'm just saying it's not for me. That's fair. That's fair. Different strokes for different folks, you know? If you enjoyed this, don't forget to rate and subscribe. Check us out on Instagram at Cocktails and Classics Pod. Go enter the giveaway. It's the last couple days. Do it now. Hit up the uh, show notes. Make yourself a dark and stormy. Hit up the casker links to get that alcohol delivered directly to your door. And uh, share us with your friends and family. As always, watch responsibly. <laughs>